Welcome to the Retail Focus Podcast, a weekly collection of news, interviews, and information from the world of retail. Welcome to this edition of the Retail Focus Podcast. I'm Trent Kling. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll be joined by Rod Sides, Deloitte's Insights Leader and Retail Partner at Deloitte LLP. He'll join us to discuss their yearly back-to-school survey and some of the interesting data. We'll also talk a little bit towards the end of the interview, and I think this is interesting, about how we're really seeing parents start to take into account the mental health and wellness of students and how that may affect their back-to-school spend. We'll look at traffic numbers for some of the major retailers, including those in the dollar store space, and we will look ahead to an ominous warning issued today by Walmart. Now, a quick reminder that you can check us out on social media at Retail Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And next week, we'll be joined in our interview segment by the mayor of Superior, Wisconsin, to talk about the dynamics of attracting retailers to a town that's a a mid to small size market. I think most people would consider Superior probably a mid-sized market, but we'll discuss that with him next week. Now, let's get into the news story for this week, which comes by way of Placer.ai, as their data suggests that visits to dollar stores perked up in Q2, but news was not always bright for grocery stores and superstores during this last quarter. We'll talk about those at the end of the story, but we really wanted to focus on dollar store traffic here because the report from Placer AI suggests that dollar stores really might be the winners in terms of summer of 22. Now, Placer's quarterly index regarding traffic numbers was made available recently. They produce generalized traffic reports for a lot of different retail categories. So like I said, dollar stores, grocery stores, superstores, all included among the numbers made publicly available by Placer. However, dollar store traffic seemed the most notable from their index. And if you want to check out this data, it's made available on Placer.ai's hub called The Square. But they define this data as coming from the larger dollar store brands. So there are several brands, of course, that they include in this data. But we're looking at primarily five below Dollar General, Dollar Tree, and Family Dollar here. Visits to dollar stores have been tracking upward generally. The one negative number, if you were to look over the last oh, year and a half to two years or so regarding traffic, was sequential traffic from Q4 of 2021 to Q1 of 2022. And that sequential traffic usually always drops off for just about every retail category since there's a drop off for most store types after the holiday season. But when you look at this past second quarter, it brought forth growth in just about every traffic comp possible. On a straight year-over-year basis, traffic to dollar stores was up 8% in the second quarter. On a year-over-three-year-ago basis, which basically tracks pre-pandemic traffic levels, that shows a 20.5% traffic gain for dollar stores. So basically, versus before the pandemic, dollar stores are absolutely killing it. Now, this is total number of store visits. This does not include store openings or visits per store, basically. And Placer posits that the hike over pre-pandemic traffic levels for dollar stores is due in part to that discovery of dollar stores many had during the earlier days of the pandemic. 
As we have talked about recently with retail pharmacy, in the early days of the pandemic, everyone was seeking convenience and safety for quick store visits for essentials. And even though some chains, Dollar Tree would be cheap among them, had supply chain issues or issues combating stockpiling from consumers, it appears as though some of this consumer behavior really stuck. And now in 2022, dollar stores appear to be benefiting where retail pharmacies weren't able to, at least for those retail pharmacy front store sales. Their appeal to price conscious customers remains very compelling at dollar stores versus maybe the standard convenience premium you'd be paying at a retail pharmacy or at a C-store. Sequentially, for dollar stores, traffic was up as well. This is to be expected after that fall-off post-holiday in Q1. But sequential traffic, that actually tracked northward by 13.2%. So far more people visiting these dollar stores on a quarterly basis than they were just one quarter ago. When broken down cadence-wise throughout the quarter, the strongest year-over-year traffic comps took place early in the second quarter. Year-over-year comps for traffic for weekly visits actually peaked all the way back on April 11th. Traffic was up year-over-year over 32% at dollar stores. Some of that, of course, is cycling a virus spike back at that time in 2021. But since that point, since that high watermark in April, year-over-year gains have been more moderate, but they've always been positive for dollar stores. Year-over-year gains regressed somewhat to single digits throughout the June weeks, but finished the quarter with 3.4% year-over-year gains the week of June 27th. And that's something that grocery stores and general merchandisers weren't able to say. When you expand the view to quarterly visits by individual customers, the numbers look even more substantial. Quarterly visits for retailers as a whole were up 16.3% year-over-year for the second quarter. And again, this indicates that dollar stores are seeing a substantial rise in the number of different customers visiting stores. What's more, the increase in quarterly visits was seen across all four of the major players we mentioned on the outset of this story. Five Below's quarterly visits were up year-over-year by 10.2%. Dollar Tree was up by 5.9%. Dollar General up by 8.5%. But the most substantial growth, well, that was reserved for Family Dollar. Quarterly visits were up 16.3% for that brand. And honestly, this is much-needed positive news for Family Dollar and for their brand against the backdrop of more negative news at the beginning of the year, and we don't know again how Placer.ai is calculating data based on the so-called family dollar trees that are out there, the new combined stores that are popping up. But Family Dollar appears to be claiming additional market share now, and we should recall that the brand weathered the early days of the pandemic a bit better than their cousin Dollar Tree due to in-stocks being better as a result of their expanded CPG sourcing potential. So maybe Family Dollar is seeing continued results from that success early on in the pandemic in regards to traffic and top line sales. Placer does note that the data is agnostic to store count growth. I kind of referenced this earlier, but an increase in store counts certainly contributed to overall top line traffic increases. However, store growth was least at Family Dollar during the last couple of years. You saw substantial store growth 
at Dollar Tree, continued conversions from Family Dollar to Dollar Tree stores, and of course, as always, substantial growth at Dollar General and five below. But Family Dollar still saw the most robust year-over-year increases in quarterly visits. Unit visits, and that's visits per store unit, so think about individual stores there, those were also up in aggregate for the entire dollar store industry, meaning that while store count growth did have a positive impact on larger traffic numbers, individual stores saw traffic growth on average too. As an example, Five Below saw an average of 45,100 quarterly visits per store in 2022 in the second quarter. That was up substantially from 2021 second quarter. It's up around 8% for Five Below. And again, that's on a per store basis. Family Dollars quarterly visits per venue per store are up 15.8% year over year. Now their quarterly visits per store, you're looking at close to 14,000. The increase year over year was more slight at Dollar General, up just 6.6% there. But it is important to note that Dollar General on a raw per store basis still has more quarterly visits per location. They have over 16,000 quarterly visits per location according to this data. And of course that compares to Family Dollar which is almost at that 14,000 visitor mark. Finally, at least as far as dollar stores are concerned, more store visits are taking place after 5 p.m. than a year ago. Now, this most recent quarter, over 36% of Dollar General visits took place after 5 p.m. local time, suggesting more are returning to the office. And then as they return to their homes, they're knocking out quick store visits after work. We also saw a pretty substantial increase at 5 below in terms of visits in the evening. Part of this may be because Five Below was one of the last retailers to re-extend their hours to their original store hours pre-pandemic. Five Below for a long period of time was closing early. They said on their earnings calls that this was a way for them to create cost savings, but gradually reopening to later in the evening. And they're seeing a benefit from that. And they're seeing a greater percentage of their store visits shift to after five o'clock as a result. Now, I did want to look very briefly at Placer's other data regarding traffic and other retail sectors. Grocery visits were up 2.9% sequentially, but just 0.4% year over year for the second quarter. But when you look at the cadence here, there is a word of warning as we look towards grocery. Year over year, weekly visits were down substantially in June, specifically down about 0.5% year over year the week of June 6th, but you got declines all the way down to 5.5% the week of June 27th, so down 5.5% year over year at the end of June. And again, these are just raw traffic numbers, so you could suppose or you could make an argument maybe that people are spending more per visit, but the raw numbers suggest that spending could be curtailed because you're seeing less visits overall. Quarterly visits per venue were down 1.2% for the second quarter year over year. Overall visits, of course, were up slightly due to location count growth. And when you look at the grocery industry as a whole, Aldi appears to be the winner currently in terms of traffic trends. Of the grocers that were surveyed by Placer.ai or covered by their data set, 
Aldi's June 2022 traffic was up a whopping 23.3% versus June 2019 before the pandemic. That was by far and away the best number of any grocers. Finally, in general merchandise or what they call superstores, despite Walmart's warnings this week regarding profits and a surfeit of merchandise in some categories, which we'll talk about in our Looking Ahead segment, year-over-year change in visits was positive for superstores during the second quarter. It was up 2.9%. Monthly visits were up at both Target and Walmart during the quarter throughout all months, and traffic remained up at wholesale clubs too, but average weekly visits tailed off at the end of June for superstores, just as they did for grocery to the point where year-over-year was negative at the end of June. So, could it be rough times ahead for certain retailers as the summer wears on? And so I'm anxious to get to some of these early earnings calls covering the second quarter to see exactly how traffic cadences are working at these retailers. And you know analysts will be begging to ask those questions during earnings calls as well as they get a chance to talk to some of the retail leaders at the larger retailers in the country. Well, that'll do it for our news segment for this version of the Retail Focus. Coming up after this break, we'll be joined by Rod Sides of Deloitte. He'll discuss their 2022 back-to-school survey. We'll touch on a lot of different topics, as we always do when we have Rod on the show, and that'll be right after the short break. Every year, we look forward to Deloitte's back-to-school projections as this busy time of year for retailers often serves as a launching pad into the holiday shopping season. And additionally, some trends established in the back-to-school season often rear their heads during the end of the year as well. Joining us this week to discuss their 2022 back-to-school survey is Rod Sides, Deloitte Insights Leader and Retail Partner at Deloitte LLP. Rod, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you again. Now, first, I was curious as to where the data for this report came from, who was surveyed and the like, just to get a refresher on how you conduct this survey. We talked to about 1,200 parents of K-12 through kids across the country, and we basically filled this survey at the end of May. We also talked to about 950 parents of college-age kids for that part of the survey. So in total, we covered about 2,000 folks trying to get an understanding of what they were thinking about as they got ready for back to school. And so with that, what were some of the larger macro trends that became apparent from the survey? Can we expect the back to school season to be robust for retailers or will there be a bit of a pullback from what we saw in 2021? We expect the season, this season to see it grow. So on the K-12 side, we expect spend to go up about 8% to about 661 on average per student, which is interesting. It's right at the level of inflation. So, you know, the obvious question is, well, you know, is it more of a unit play? Are we seeing, you know, parents spend more? What we know is that we will see that increase. Now, the back to college side ended up being up about 10% as well to right around $1,600 per student. So again, we're seeing growth, pretty good growth for most retail as we go into back to school. Now, something you mentioned in those first couple of answers was the fact that you did divide consumers into groups for the survey. You've got the K-12 group and the college spending group, and they always have interesting differences, let's say, each year. What were some of the main differences between just spend for those two groups this year? 
Well, we saw a real change in technology this year. So in the K-12 side, we actually saw technology spend moderate and go lower, which was a little bit surprising initially because we'd seen tech grow quite a bit throughout the pandemic. However, when you think about it, a lot of parents scrambled when the kids had to move online and moved home to do school. And so tech spend was really, really up in that space. In the college side, we actually have seen tech grow about 20%, a little bit over, probably 22% in the category year over year, and largely because as students start, it's a bring your own device type of scenario. So as a result, we saw that growth. The interesting thing in K-12, we asked the parents, about 80% of respondents said that the schools were providing that technology now, so there wasn't as much need to spend. So that was one of the major differences that we saw. Then we also saw a little bit of difference in terms of how folks are using social media as they go through. So again, the K-12 parents, to a large degree, were spending time really looking at uh, discounts and offers, et cetera. The college age parents were, you know, more interested in finding out product reviews, information about the product, et cetera. So social media use was a little bit different between the two categories. And I wanted to ask a follow-up to that because social media use is, of course, a theme that we've seen more and more of as this survey has progressed throughout the years what are we seeing as far as social media usage in terms of just the, the sheer numbers of people going to social media, whether it be for product reviews or actually purchasing through those platforms? Well, it continues to grow slightly year over year. What about 40% of respondents are using social media in some fashion? The other thing that's interesting around that is we found that adoption of kind of the next wave of technology also continue to grow where folks are using things like digital wallet as shopping aids as they go through. So it's interesting to see as we were somewhat locked down the last two years and started to use more digital, that those trends continue. And so folks continue to use those tools and look for them across a majority of retailers. Pivoting to some of the big issues that all retailers and, and really everyone is talking about currently, inflation's been a concern for a lot of consumers as the summer progresses. People may be keeping tighter track of their wallets. How are these concerns regarding inflation affecting maybe potential back-to-school spend, or at least maybe the sentiment regarding spending for back-to-school? Well, in both sets of surveys, what we know is parents really are worried about their financial situation. So probably three in 10 on average would report that their financial situation is you know, worse than it was last year. Probably you know, 54 to 55% reported that they are worried about inflation as we go forward. And so as a result, it does creep into the psyche, certainly of the parents and the consumers as we go. The interesting thing we found this year, though, was that parents are willing to make it happen. We're finding that they're using more credit cards than they did last year. Buy now, pay later continues to be an option that we're seeing more people take advantage of in this season. And we've seen that start to creep up and grow really over the last two years. We went to holiday last year. It was pretty big. And we're seeing that grow this year as well. So you know, consumers are finding a way to do it. I think they are dipping into the savings more than they have in the past, which is reflective of the times. You know, and obviously with inflation, there are also plenty of supply chain concerns. I think if you were to map out words most often used in the retail landscape over the last couple of years, supply chain, inflation, probably the two most popular terms. Some retailers have too much in stock of certain items, not enough in stock of others. What was the message Deloitte got from consumers regarding maybe out of stocks in particular in this survey and, and their willingness to look for other products? Well, it's interesting you asked that question. So we got a little bit of mixed message and let me explain what I mean by that. So in terms of the number of folks who are worried about stockouts, about 63% of respondents said that, yeah, we're worried about stockouts. And, you know, as a result, 
when we go shopping, we're going to look for alternatives. Many would choose to check in stock levels before they left and headed over to their favorite retailer. So we know that having accurate inventory online is really important. When we ask folks, if you don't find the product, what are you going to do? Seven in 10 said that they would trade products. They would look to another brand to be able to fulfill that need. So it really is important to have the right stock in the right place. Obviously, that's the name of the game in retail. But the respondents told us that, again, they would look to trade brands if they couldn't find the items they're looking for. I want to circle back to something you mentioned earlier in the interview, because you were talking a little bit about technology and where tech spend is expected to come in for both K-12 and college students. You noted that a lot of consumers now are saying that, hey, technology being provided by the schools, where exactly do we expect tech spend to come in this year and how much of the pie might it make up overall when we're talking about back to school sales? Well, in terms of the tracking, it's down about 8% year over year in the K-12. What's really interesting as well, if we expand beyond just traditional hardware, software purchases, we also put in that category, supplemental learning, online tutoring, et cetera. We found that to fall off this year pretty dramatically, which surprised us. So again, it was down to probably about 40%. And the respondents said that they would supplement their kids' education with that kind of spend which was a little surprising. So I think they're going to rely on the teachers to do what they do best in class and realize that in-person learning really is an advantage for a lot of kids around that. So we found that to fall off. Now, on the other side, the growth from a college perspective, again, up, you know, 22, 23% is significant. And, you know, the number of participants in that category have remained pretty high in terms of people who are buying PCs, et cetera. And so as a result, you know, I think that we're going to find that the back to college will maybe temper some of the decline that we're finding in the back to school from that perspective. And again, we're finding that a lot of things have stayed pretty true in terms of additional services for that back to college group. So again, there's, I think there'll be some more supplemental learning for that group versus maybe the K-12. So technology was one trend or technology spend was one trend we really saw blossom during the course of the pandemic. Online spend was also very robust over the last couple of years. But some categories, I know the grocery category has been talked about a lot here, have indicated some digital fatigue. And I know that's something that kind of came up with some respondents in this survey. What are we seeing regarding potential for maybe digital fatigue or potential for online sales not being as robust as they have been in terms of growth in years past? I think what parents have started to do is they realize that there was a convenience factor shopping in store. If you go back and you look historically before the pandemic, The back-to-school season was one that was dominated by in-store, so 56-57% of spend was in that particular channel. This year, we found that in-store has bounced back to about 49% of the total spend. So again, we're seeing the trend move up. You know, it it hit kind of a low in the low 40s in 2019-2020-21, and so what we're finding now is folks are, you know, moving back into the store. That doesn't mean that that's at the expense of digital. Digital is still growing. It's really at the expense of what we call it undecided. We would often ask respondents, what channel are you going to shop in? And many would say, well, we're not quite so sure. What we know is that some consumers, when they tried the online shopping for back to school, it worked. And so as a result, you know, we're going to see slight growth there. It's not going to be near as much as it is in store. So I think we're going to get to a balance, much like we had pre-pandemic. We may not go all the way to 57% in terms of the average spend in store, but I think we'll get over 50% next year. 
because it's just too convenient for kids to try on, you know, shoes, apparel, et cetera. And given the growth in those categories this year, you know, up about 18%, there is a reason to go back to the store. It just makes it easier in a lot of cases for the parents. It's interesting, too, is certain categories blossom, then that back-to-school spend in-store may also grow. I know one major theme overall of recent customer surveys by Deloitte has been the presence of sustainability as a major decision driver for shoppers. We were used to other factors influencing customer behavior like price, for example, but how much did shoppers say sustainability aspects would kind of inform their buying decisions during this year? Well, that was one of the biggest shockers to me this year. It jumped up to about 50% of respondents said that sustainable products would really matter and be in their in their shopping cart this time. The interesting notion around that is those sustainable shoppers, on average, will spend about 22% more than the non-sustainable shoppers. So you can see they expect to pay a premium often for those kinds of products, but it is important to them. And we've seen that you know, start to grow as an important category to your point, you know, in recent studies, but seeing it get to 50% is a pretty big deal in my mind in terms of understanding that. So I think there's an opportunity certainly for retailers to certainly message what they're doing around sustainability, but also in their assortments. It's going to be very important for them to be able to meet that demand and those requirements by the shoppers. We've touched on a lot of different themes throughout the course of this conversation, but I'm curious if maybe there are other points of focus that we've left on the table here. What are some other things, maybe one or two things that might be floating under the radar besides inflation, besides supply chain, some of the other aspects that we've talked about that kind of stood out to you from this survey? Well, this year we asked a question about the concern parents might have of health and the mental wellness of their kids. And again, 50% of the folks in both surveys, K-12 and college, express concern about just the mental well-being of their kids kind of coming out of the pandemic. So the interesting thing about that is about 37% said they had already purchased uh, services or products that went to dealing with those particular issues. So whether it be things like meditation apps, extracurricular activities, whether it be, you know, art classes, certainly athletics, et cetera, that was a big part of what they were thinking about as we were going back to school. And the interesting thing about those categories is they are not one and done. So, you know, having to continue to spend around that and the need to do that for the kids, to me, was really interesting, that level of importance. And oh, by the way, it was across every income group. So this was not, you know, a middle upper income type of concern. It was across all parents. So I do think there's certainly a need for retailers to identify that, to be able to meet consumers where they are and parents where they are. And, you know, for me, it was also helpful that we are recognizing the stress that I mean, these kids are under and the challenges they've had the last two years. So, you know, I also saw it as a really interesting point where we'll hopefully have some great conversations about, you know, the whole of the kid and not just, you know, worried about just the education. And as always, it'll be interesting to see how retailers or if retailers will partake in that discussion as well. Well, Rod, once again, we thank you for joining us. Always great to have you on and thank you for the work you do there at Deloitte. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Thanks a bunch. As always, we may have a position in or against companies we discuss on the podcast. Do not invest in stocks solely on the input of the podcast hosts.
Always happy to have Rod join the show. We certainly thank him for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us. We do apologize for a somewhat truncated version of the podcast as unfortunately my flights were canceled in Dallas as a result of the shooting at Love Field. Fortunately there, it doesn't look like anyone other than the shooter was injured in that incident. But as a result, couldn't get around recording equipment except for just a short period of time, able to borrow it from someone. So we certainly do thank them for the ability to borrow the recording equipment. But that also means we have to wrap up the show a little bit early this week. So a brief looking ahead segment as Walmart issued a bit of a warning. This was more of a warning to Wall Street that profits may not be in line with original expectations. And they dropped their adjusted earnings per share forecast as much as 13% given the band that they are projecting there. This resulted in a drop of share prices for multiple retailers after the announcement came out, including Walmart. But we're not as concerned about the share price here. More concerned about the outlook for the retail industry as a whole. And Walmart is basically saying, look, a inflation is forcing customers to focus only on certain categories. These categories are lower margin categories for us. As a result, we don't see profits coming in where they need to be. Now, revenues may come in at higher levels than years past, in part due to those inflationary impacts. But the bottom line is that Walmart doesn't expect to have as much on the bottom line when they come out with their future earnings reports as a result of inflationary impacts. Now, we haven't heard this as much from other retailers out there, but again, you have to look ahead at the numbers that retailers are expecting on the bottom line, and we'll get a slew of earnings reports coming up here over the next couple of weeks, kind of those early second quarter earnings reports from certain retailers. In specific, though, I'm looking at a few retail categories that might actually be well-suited to kind of stave off inflation. More importantly, automotive. O'Reilly is one of those companies that will release earnings or is scheduled to release earnings this coming week. And you wonder how inflationary impacts and people tightening their pocketbooks might affect automotive retailers as they seem to benefit during just about any time, but oftentimes when customers are a bit more budget conscious, they'll make some of those repairs themselves, even though they'll put off other optional repairs, something that we saw them not doing as much of in 2018 and 2019, kind of in the lead up to the pandemic. So anxious to see where the sales of a company like O'Reilly or a company like AutoZone might come out. And of course, anxious to see the bottom lines of companies like Walmart and Target, both as budget-conscious consumers are shifting their spending habits and as those companies find themselves with a surfeit of merchandise in certain areas and maybe not enough merchandise in faster-moving areas as well. So supply chain continues to be an issue and one that might be eroding bottom lines for retailers looking forward. Well, that'll do it for us. Once again, we thank Rod Sides for joining us on the podcast this week. As I alluded to in the introduction, coming up next week, we will be joined by the mayor of Superior, Wisconsin, Jim Payne. We'll talk to him about the process behind attracting retailers to a market such as his, the role of city government and the role that it plays in terms of attracting retail business. And he'll also deliver an anecdote 
about when a rather large retailer moved out of the city and kind of the, the fallout and the moving ahead after that took place. So I think that's an interesting conversation and that will wrap up our ICSC interview series or our interview series at least from ICSC on location directly. Well, for McKenna and Layton working behind the scenes, I'm Trent Kling signing off for this week and we'll see you approximately seven days from now. been the retail focus podcast for more visit our website at retailfocuspodcast.com and subscribe on itunes or stitcher follow us on twitter at retail podcast